Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey everybody! What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And we are still in the throes of our summer in the burbs. We getting scary up in the suburbs, y'all. Yup, we're committed. We're here all summer and we are going to fight all of the cray-cray that comes with living in the ho-hum suburban life. Um, And tonight we decided to tackle a film that I think beautifully juxtaposes Living in the city, living in the inner city, living as a person of color in a marginalized section of any part of the world with the burbs. And that is the classic, I can't believe we haven't done it yet, Wes Craven's 1991, yeah. People Under the Stairs. So I have seen this movie so many times Me that too. I was very confident of, I'm not going to watch the movie. But I have the, like, a special edition Blu-ray that I got. Like, I have a Shout Factory special edition. And it has an audio commentary by Wes Craven. So I'm like, baller. Instead of just watching the movie, I'm just going to watch it with the the Wes Craven track. Yeah. Um, I lasted about 15 minutes with that because... (laughs) Your messages were hilarious. I assumed that it was just going to be Wes Craven sitting there... Talking about the movie, maybe a choice that he made, this or that. When in reality, he was being interviewed. And the interviewer uh, just kind of asked very generic questions. Like every time a new, like Ving Rames is on the screen and he's like, so... Tell me about, you know, why you casted him or how how it came to be that you cast Ving Rhames. Which, it's not that that is an uninteresting story, but, you know, it's nothing that you... I don't know. Like, when I watch audio commentary, especially by the director, I want a little bit more meat on the bones. Like, I kind of want to know a bit more of thought process about things, which he did get into, to be fair, a little bit. And quite frankly, at this point, I'm now convinced that the newspaper is the source of every Wes Craven film. Because, I mean, there was a newspaper article that he read about the people that were dying in their sleep, which that brought about Nightmare on Elm Street. In this one, he reads an article about this family that seemed perfectly normal and someone thought their home was being robbed. And so when they called the cops because these burglars were breaking into the house, the cops showed up. They didn't find burglars, but they found two feral children, you know? So it's like, Wes really should have put the newspaper down, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it was great that he picked it up because we've got these fantastic things. I don't think he should have put it down at um, all. But yeah, so so the audio commentary wasn't great because a lot of it was, you know, oh, where did you film this movie? Well, we filmed it in L.A. Okay, uh, you know, I said right, that it was like, kind of it was well, a little sorry, bit on par with like Chris Farley. Like, hey, remember um, when you cast Ving Rhames in this movie? That was neat. Like that was essentially <laughs> some. Of the, so I, I, you know what? I'm like, you know what? Let me just sit back and enjoy this movie as as I do very much enjoy this movie. So yeah, it, it lasted about 15 Fair minutes, enough, yeah. and then I just 
I was I was back with the regular movie. I I, I want to start out by saying that I watched this movie so much as a kid. I don't know why I loved it as much as I did, because um, it scared me too as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like it was creepy. And I will also say that it's a perfect time to, as always, play homage to Wes Craven because holy shit nuggets he has made some really fucking good movies like i mean when i think about what and again that's what i was doing out i do is just scrolling through all his movies like so many of his movies are in my like i would choose that if i was born and needed something to watch so many of his movies are like so powerfully good in weird ways like i'm sorry but the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series is one of the most inclusive for what it was. Yeah. Like, and and this film, for him to go... Now, listen, there might be some criticisms out there that exist that are like, yo, dude, who are you to be explaining the, the plight of the black man? And that's very, a very fair critique yes. that I would be like, fair enough. But he has done such a... Like, even with Serpent in the Rainbow, the way he portrays, like, you know, the voodoo culture and how that evolved into zombies. I mean, like, there are so many great things that he did i think for the horror industry that we don't appreciate as much as we should whether it's coming back around with scream whether it's any of that stuff like he is just a genius and a national treasure and i'm so sad that he's not around to make more movies and do more things um i will also say that like i said like his inclusion in like his ability to use inclusive inclusivity in his horror films is appreciated and noted cheers to him and his awesomeness and cheers to this movie, because I still think it's like Home Alone in Hell, this bonkers, whacked-ass movie. Like, it's like a fucking fever. You want to talk about a summer fever dream, boy? Yes. Like, Jesus Is this Christ. Movie? Okay, so the first, can I, can I first start with a little personal thing? Please do. One of my things about being excited about doing the summer in the burbs is, as you know, I did not grow up in the burbs. And as you know, I'm a person of color living in the burbs. And someone who doesn't exactly conform to what a suburban wife and mother should maybe look like. (laughs) Like, I wear, you know, Wes Craven t-shirts to the pool club. Now, the reason why I say this is because I... Nothing scares me more than weird white people. (laughs) And also, nothing scares me more than their irrational fear of the other. And, like... The mom and dad or like man and woman in this are so fucking bonkers, batshit, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're basically kidnapping people and oppressing people and doing all these horrible things that like, as a kid, like growing up in a very inner city environment where everyone was a person of color, it was like, that's what you watched out for. This was like the fairy tale of like, to me, this, this story almost reads like a fairy tale because you're like the little kid goes through the trials and grows up in the process, comes out the hero, stops the evil witches. We were warned against suburban people. Like, I know that probably sounds crazy, but it's true. There is a trope that happens in this movie. Where are your notes on this? I have hardly any. I I literally have three notes because I get sucked into watching it. And I figured I'd play off of you. But no, one of the notes I have that is a trope, um, the mystic minority comes up in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and it is it. Uh, uh, there are quite a few tropes that that he plays around with that kind of work, like the the Keystone slash corrupt cop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the most mind boggling part of this is? This movie could be made again today, and yes. no one would blink an eye. No. Fun fact. <laughs> I love when you make that face because you. When I say fun fact, you know it's neither fun nor hundred no, percent factual. <laughs> there is in in this moment, there is a movement in corporations and banks 
buying up houses at a rapid, rapid rate and keeping, you know how like right now market prices are really high in this country? Mm-hmm. It's actually being driven up by corporations buying houses and they're turning around and renting out those houses. And when asked why they would do this, like why they would make the market so much more expensive and why they would aggressively compete with actual home buyers to, to buy these houses, they said that they are going to, the goal is to buy out the middle class and basically rent these houses to them. In the 60s and 70s, we saw this big insurge of like, you know, slumlords and like that kind of stuff, right? It's almost like a second wave of that, or maybe even a third wave, if you will, where they are literally going to prevent people from being able to buy affordable housing because owning property is another like hallmark of having power and having capital and having wealth. And the fact that this is happening and no one's talking about it because the market is ridiculous right now. And the fact that these scumbags get away with that and are literally like overtly using their tax shelters and their billion dollar, you know, uh, exemptions from the government and all this other stuff, their bailouts to fuck over the lower middle class. And let's be honest, mostly people of color is mind boggling. And what it was so funny that I read an article about this. Literally the day I watched this movie because this movie is nothing if not a cautionary tale about crazy people who own like yeah. those people are those man and woman are oppressing that entire neighborhood. Yeah. Although I, I will say um, the next time we either, you know, go to a convention and share a hotel room or go out to dinner, if I pick up the bill and you have to pay me back instead of Venmo, can you pay me in gold coins? Mm-hmm. Can we? I, I I want I want gold coins. When um, Trump now. and I got off the boat in the Goonies, <laughs> I saved a good you know five hundred yeah. coins because what? I knew one day I would need that currency. Why did gold coins go out of fashion? Like why I can't know, we, can we do gold with, coins? Can we do doubloons again? Something you know when I was in it's been like twenty years, but like <laughs> I was so excited when I was in England. My dad took me there after I graduated from high school, and like you got like paying you know something costs like three pounds. So here's three coins. I felt like so fancy it's, paying in coins. I know. But like the coins that You know what? We forget Dogecoin, forget Bitcoin. <laughs> you and I will bring it back to yeah. gold coin. There we go. Yeah. And maybe gold wrapped chocolate though. So in case I get hungry, <laughs> they serve a double purpose. See, we will get the Although gelt. If my money was made out of chocolate, I'd be really poor. Because <laughs> I would eat all my money. <laughs> See, and I would be rich because I think just plain old chocolate is gross. Wow. So I would have all a, the money. You blasphemer. <laughs> you blasphemer. Um, all right, there's so much to dive into in this film. So I, I feel like mostly people who are listening to this podcast have probably watched this. So this movie stars Brandon Adams as Fool. And Fool is a young kid who gets kind of trapped into burglarizing the home of the slumlords who are kind of creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. And kind of creepy and weird? Yeah. Hilar- Very creepy and weird. <laughs> hilarity and madness ensue. Mm-hmm including him finding a bunch of cannibalistic children who have been tortured and punished in the basement, mm-hmm. him finding a little girl who's managed to survive in this house, which is such a weird, poignant moment, too. And, of course, my favorite character in the film, Roach, who lives in the walls. <laughs> I love Roach. I heart Roach. That's your oh, one of two notes. Oh, yeah, I have book. no notes. 
Um, no, I do love Verge. I do too. And I love, well, so I do have a few problems with the logistics of it though, because if the dog could go in the walls, how come the dog was in the walls chasing Roach the whole time? I don't know. Uh, There's I made, a lot of. <laughs> I made the mistake of watching this movie, and it's always a mistake when Chad comes in oh, and starts no, watching. Oh, yeah, that Because, of course, feelings. as the man who is. Chad has, he's like Matt. He's got an engineer brain. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Chad's comments are, how come there's such a big gap in between the walls? That was Well, it. like, it, he's dissecting the house. I asked if that's he's what like, was happening behind our walls. He's like, okay, that's not how HVAC duct work, like, duct work works. He's mm-hmm. like, that's not going to support even the weight of a child. Children are smaller, but that... The one point when they like pushed up the ductwork to get out of it to get into the house again, he's like, "That's not how that works." I was like, "Chat, they designed a, the house it's that a way." Movie, yeah, and it's, it's also supposed to be like fictional a fun, character. Fictional characters. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be. I see. Here's my explanation for this. This is why Matt doesn't watch horror movies with me because I'll exp- if I yes. like the movie, I will, yes, explain, I will explain all it. the problems. Exactly. In it. And this movie is has its problems, but I'm gonna explain them away. Like when Big Rain says. Uh, Oh my god, what does he say? Oh, the secretary of pussy? Yeah, President's <laughs> gonna make him the secretary of pussy. No, and I agree. And only Bing Rames could say that and get away with it. I'll tell you that much. You know what? Who's gonna tell him no? no I would hey. be okay if I heard Sam Jackson say that. Ooh, I wouldn't I wouldn't deny Samuel Samuel Jackson no, saying that. There's but a no, couple of celebrities. But no, I agree with you. Pizza. I mean, they say that like this this was a funeral home. The home was a funeral yeah, home. Yeah, it was meant to be and a And it's track. been it's been like the people that owned it for generations it's been the same family and you got that whole interbreeding thing Whoa. because you know that's just the, the, who better who yeah, better to match for you than your, your brother own. or your cousin or whatever see the royal families in england have been doing it for centuries so wait hey way to insult our english uh listeners <laughs> um, but no like, I, god so, save the queen <laughs> so it makes sense that the home has been like this because it's been in the family for generations oh yeah they've and, like made yeah. it that way by design yeah. and they've created all these like shoots and ladders and shit mm-hmm. to be fair the the layout of this house though absolutely ludicrous and my husband did point that out too he only made it like a half an hour before he was like i yeah. can't i'm going to bed <laughs> but um it, he also pointed out the structural um, Ibra, like um, shenanigans of the house, but I I'm here for it. I don't care. I know. I also think that for a film that is so all over the place, like it's slapstick comedy at moments, mm-hmm. horrific, creepy, cringe tastic body horror in other moments, and then like legit social commentary. Why do I, like, he put that all in a blender and it is a delicious, delicious treat. It is. The character of the man, he's, okay, he's gross on a million levels. He's so scary. You know, like, obviously he has sexually molested that girl because he grabs his crotch around her a couple of times. I love, like, from the guy, like, and Wes Craven is, can be so creepy. I mean, Last House on the Left is obviously such a tough watch, but... I love that in this film, he never goes there. He just hints at it. Yeah. And it's still so fucking effective. Like, I don't need to see it because anything, like, it's, uh, I just want to take a shower. Yes. Um, every time he interacts with her, I want to take a shower. But at the but same time. But not a scalding hot bath. No. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, they also turn him into a clown at points. They like, do. When, yeah, when, oh he thinks he, when he thinks he's killed fool, but he actually killed the dog. Like, <laughs> which, which, fuck you for killing the dog. Ooh, um, but yeah, when he, he thinks he killed him, that. he's like, I got him, I got him, I got him. Like, and like, and he pulls it off. 
off yeah, straight out of like uh, fucking Evil Dead Two. You know, or yes, Army of has, Darkness. It, it was has very slapsticky. Yeah, I love like schlocky and stuff. I do, and I love how how protective the woman is of the dog. Because, like, yeah, she's you know, she's crazy and she's a bitch. But at the same time, she's like, you killed Prince. Although I will say, to her credit, which she doesn't have any, but right. <laughs> I feel like the the girl Alice, yeah, her life would have been so much worse if the woman wasn't there. Because I do think there was some mm. element of protection. As crazy and as yeah, abusive no, she, as the woman her, was. She kept her alive. She, yeah. she kept her alive. Her life would have been a lot worse. There was the tiniest bit of maternal instinct there. Yeah, yeah, no. Rayanne was definitely... Yeah, there. yeah. That, that she... I know, Rayanne. She's right? Rayanne. No she's Rayanne, yeah. or no. what she is in real life, I, I know. Be yeah, no, she's um, 100%. I was like, oh my God, where's Ricky? Come pick you up in it's frozen like, embryos. Can, Come on. Can, <laughs> Claire Dates come and ugly cry for us. Yes. Um, so Man and Woman are played by Everett McGill and Wendy uh, Roby, but I have to give them a little qu- quick shout out here. I am not far enough into Twin Peaks to, to be able to comment on this, but apparently Wes Craven saw them as a really creepy couple in Twin Peaks, and he was like, yes, they need to yeah. play the, the I, in this film. Yeah. I watched Twin Peaks once years ago, and it's one of those things where it? I checked it off my list, but oh, I'm not man. a big David Lynch fan. I'm hoping like, I can I'm get not. there. Yeah. Nate, Nate loved it and had me watch it, and like I said, I watched it, I checked it off the list, you were underwhelmed. Yeah, I, well, hmm. it's just kind of like uh, that's just not my 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 flavor. It's on my it's list really of not. stuff I really need to like. And you're right, maybe I just need to check it off the list. But yeah. every time I start it, I I don't find myself aggressively finishing. So it must not be. Yeah, yeah it must not be for me either. So can we talk about Fool a little bit though? Because yeah. damn, I love this kid. Um, I think that the character Fool really does kind of shatter so many tropes where he's like the final guy. And I know we talked in ad nauseum about him as a final character in our uh, March Madness. But I think at the end of the day, like, so one of the things that Wes Craven does well in this film is this kind of portrayal of the life of the people in the in the inner city area. Because it's a very, there's no male, there's no father, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's such a sad but true, this idea of the broken family, right? Mm-hmm. So many nuclear families in inner city environments with lower socioeconomic statuses all over the country have broken families, right? Literally, it's like the the missing male figure is so prominent. But Fool... So, so what I do love is that, yes, he, he kind of plays off of the stereotype of the broken nuclear family, but then it's like there's still such a strong unit and there's still so much love and family, like responsibility like the sister's like if you want to be a doctor go be a doctor yeah. and she's like stay the fuck away from him she and he they even suggest that she's out prostituting herself at one point like yeah. she's doing whatever it takes to try to keep that the, family the, going the mother the mother's is dying yeah. and yeah. she's got cancer so she's, she's pretty cancer, much bedridden right. and she says to him you know like you have to, you're the man of the house and i think that's why fool goes along with it fool is a smart enough kid to know what they're doing is wrong the moral ambiguity of the logic in this film always makes me kind of like uncomfortable because it's like they're still wrong for trying to rob the house and we yes. forget that yeah because we're like yay but because mom and yeah. the, the man and woman are so dysfunctional it, it and made me criminal. it made me think of that moment in edward scissorhands so when they're all sitting around the dinner table this is after edward had gotten in trouble for breaking into the house the father asks him like if you find a pile of money like what do you do do you turn it to the police? Do you keep it for yourself? Do you give it to your loved ones or whatever? And Edward's answer is, oh, I, I would give it to my loved ones. And the guy says, you know, 
while that is the nice thing to do, it's not the right thing to do. And it made me think, like, that whole scenario of, yes, he's Fool is breaking into a house. Fool is trying to steal money. But it's like, are you still doing the right thing or not? Because you're doing it. It's like you're doing it for, you're doing a bad thing for all the right reasons. Right. It's it's like the child yeah. card dilemma, right? Yeah. Like, it's definitely one of those things where... The morality of it is so good, yeah, right? It's, and it's the real so villains tough. are absolutely the, the, the yes. man and woman. But Ving Rhames is also not... He's, I mean, him and the other guy are totally villains, too, Mm -hmm. you know? And speaking to all those characters, the toxic masculinity that Wes Craven pokes fun of in this movie makes me so happy. Because Wes Craven never struck me as a very, like, I'm, I'm in horror so often, I feel like, when you meet directors, when you see the people, the creators, so many of them are victims of toxic masculinity. Either they're victimized because they lack it, or they're just... But Wes Craven was always a thinking man's director in that way, and I think he... He pokes fun at Ving Rhames' toxic, like, oh, you got to be the man, the manly man, 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 you know? And then he also pokes fun at, like, the extreme of the the suburban father-slash-husband figure who's like, this is my house and I must protect it. And, like, every part of it. And it's funny because Fool is the only, because he shirks those tropes, is the only smart one in the, in the pack, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why he survives. But even he falls victim to, like, you know, the being the man of the house. Like, that's what really gets him into this situation. So I, I love the way it, like, Fool becomes this very unique character in my head where he survives all this, and he's helped by a woman, and he's helped by a, a disabled, you know, outskirts, marginalized character. And I love what a merry band of misfits they become. Um, I also want to talk about the particular brand of abuse that Alice suffers at these people's hands. Not only the, the constantly alluded to sexual abuse, but this idea of like, see no evil, hear no evil, say no evil, that is like their theme. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more abuse takes on that form than in society we acknowledge. Physical abuse is very easy to spot, often very easy to, to stop. Sexual abuse often, you know, has mm-hmm. some emotional and like that type of abuse. This idea of like, if you are silent, you will survive. If you, if you say nothing, if you speak nothing, if you don't like, I think that when it comes to emotional and like psychological abuse, that's the hallmark of it. I just think I think it's a really poignant type of abuse because, yes, she gets like put in the scalding hot water. Yes, there's all these horrific things that happen to her. It like beatings and everything, but man, this, the idea of like having to completely be silent and agree with everything that you see mm-hmm. that's terrible it just chills me yeah. to the core, bro. Fool asks Alice at one point, like, if all the boy children have, like, you know, because she says, you know, they're trying to find mother and father trying to find a boy child, but all the people in the ba- the people under the stairs are the failed boy mm-hmm. childs. And they, like, children. abduct those children, yeah. right? Okay. And and Fool is like, well, how come you're up here? And she's like, well, because I don't say, I don't speak say, evil, yeah. you know, say evil, do whatever. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's even the that, there's, there's yeah. a little, yeah, there's the statue, there's a little sign in her room that says mm-hmm. children should be seen and not, not heard. heard. Yeah. I think mother, her mother even says that to her yeah. at one point. Oh, like, they really drive that home. Like oh, this, yeah. Like, and, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I sometimes feel like... Uh, kids grow people grow up that way you know what i mean like and it's terrifying to me lord knows my two sassafresses i'm if anything i'm the one being emotionally (laughs) abused um because they they speak all the evil (laughs) (laughs) um 
But yeah, no, I God, I this movie is so much to unpack. I'm trying to So okay, the things under the the, the, the monster kids in the basement. Right. They're cannibals out of necessity, right? Right. But they they're good. Right. It's like, are they like, free at the end? Yes. Okay. So and they're gonna go live in society. Are they gonna get some sun? They need some vitamin D. <laughs> they do need some vitamin D. Yeah, it seems you know, they they were experimented on right you know well, like, they, like cut yeah like they comes out and everything yeah like and they they kind of they did that yeah, kind of stuff it's gonna be a tough recovery you know, back in society yeah, definitely <laughs> cannibal because like what else are you gonna do you know like yeah that's all they've got though, right? all that that's all that you've got um Ew, and i fa- the father was also eating the body oh too. yeah he's like, accountable too yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a learned this is behavior some, yo this is some jacked up yeah this movie has some Really disturbing things happening that can we I, just giggle at. Like, can I tell so... you that when I was younger and I watched this movie, um, do you know the musician, uh, I'm assuming Dave Mustaine from Megadeth? I mean, yeah, but... Okay, so I thought that the like the lead person under the stairs for the longest time was Dave, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That's I think really he like, vaguely, vaguely looks like him and he has I long hair. I couldn't even say. I yeah. was just... I was like, I really, for the longest time, I was like, oh, that's Dave Mustaine. I'm pretty sure that's Dave Mustaine. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why I did. I also thought in Mike Tyson's punch out that TKO at the end meant totally knocked out. So Nice. There you go. (laughs) I thought it was totally, yeah, totally knocked out. Um... No, Roach, I love that character. Oh, I, I love that actor. Knows. I forget his name. Me too. He's in everything. He's a character actor <laughs> that's in so many movies. He's in Twister. Shout out to Twister. Yes, one of the best I love movies. Twister. Mm. Um, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's in, in so many he's movies. In, he's adorable. You've seen him in everything. Yeah, I need to let's give him, yeah, let's yeah, give him needs, the credit he that he is a, due. He needs a quick IMDb. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. It's always, yeah, I love him. It's always interesting to see a mute character in a movie because you have to never been kissed you have to rely on so much more when you don't have speaking lines he's such a good physical character actor that it just i can't imagine anybody else playing roach no he also when he shows that his tongue has been cut off uh, that was I so disgusting. Be, I think it, it might yucky. be infected. I'm no doctor. <laughs> Sorry, get the back team. He was in, get the back team. He was in a budget. He's What's his name? Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. Yep, adorable. Mad props to Sean Whalen. Because yeah. yeah, he's just he's, he's been he was in Shameless, huh? Who was he? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's he's he, he's that guy he's from that thing. Yeah, he's, he's been he's in that so guy many from that things, thing. but so few of them are like big roles. You know right. what I mean? Like, probably Roach and Twister are probably going to be the two things people would most quickly identify him as. Oh, you know what I did wonder? Do you think that people can charge? Like, do you think you can have a clause where if you're late, you have to pay three times as much? In probably certain states, I bet they don't protect against that. No, I don't think that that's something that is real. It is real. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I think that you. I think that there are. At this point, I think that there are tenant rights. Yeah, yeah. That right? that, that would that be a little bit people, yeah. asinine. Although at the same time. Especially if it is a private home being rented or something like that. Yeah, I don't if know you that don't either. read your lease, that's, that's, on, that's you. on you. Yeah. You know, although there are shitty landlords, and I can speak from I've had an amazing 
landlord and I've had a really shitty landlord. So shout out because I do believe Marie listens. When I lived in my apartment a couple years ago before I moved to my house, she's amazing. Like she'll still like send me a message and be like, and she always, she always said make good choices. Like she's, she's, she did. She has, she had a, she has a daughter that lives, um, I want to say in like Connecticut or something, but like when I was her tenant, you know, I'm, you know, a young single girl living by myself. She very much was a a mom type, you know, and she would, she would come over and help me with something or she would call me or like come pick up rent. And it was always like, all right, Jay, make good choices. She was, yeah. So shout out, shout out to my old landlord. But I've also had an extremely shitty landlord that was shitty on purpose. So been there, done that, yeah. and read your lease. Yes. But again, I don't think that, like, I don't think that that's necessarily, I don't know if it's legal. I'm curious. But yeah, overall, one of one of my biggest, like, in conclusions for this is it still holds up. Mm-hmm. It's still delightful and bonkers. Oh, yeah. It's, it's scary. What's a gimp suit, too? Yeah. Why oh, I know. Why like, if someone has broken yeah. into your house and you're going after them, like, okay, fine, get your gun. But also your gimp suit, right. like and your head to toe. How long does it take to get in that thing? That it's probably so sweaty, <laughs> it's and if you if you have so powdered properly, <laughs> I'm just saying that it oh, might be well, there could be better choices. Imagine what that house smells like between the people living in the walls, the cannibals in the basement, and his gimp suit. Like that's disgusting. And no, being a former funeral home, there's body parts everywhere. Ugh. The dog probably poos inside. Like and it's like, just not good. It's funny because the when you pull up to their house it's gross like it's like for, for a suburban house you think the neighbors would call like the association on them because they got the yeah. locks everywhere like it's like mm. kind of falling apart on the outside it's not great they're slummy yeah although i do remember that house the, the house they use for the exterior that house did go it was on the market i feel like within the Shut last few, within the last few years i remember seeing an article like hey that house from the people under the stairs but is for sale do the stairs in the basement turn into a slide because if they do i'm in uh no <laughs> unfortunately a lot of the interior was done uh on a sound stage and i think like the pond in the back i don't think was there. like i think that they added that in I think that it, well, I had listened to, to get out of the, I had the listened floor. to uh, the audio commentary enough to hear. I think that they said that for the most part the exterior is how it is. I think he said that they added the grates on the window and the locks, and I think they painted it. But that's really it. Like wow, that's that place you know was that place that, that yeah. place really was that they may have added that little back porch area too but I don't remember but yeah. but yeah like that house went up for sale it's funny I recently saw an article about like homes from your favorite horror movies that are for sale <laughs> um and I, I happened to click on it I just wanted to see what they listed and I was gonna like I almost wanted to like if you write an article and you misstate something you mm-hmm. have to put write in a you know yeah. a correction I I, I wanted to I wanted to write in and tell them they made a mistake, but I'm like, that is like the biggest nerd alert because they didn't correctly list the address for the Amityville house. You are a nerd. And yeah, I'm like, the fact that like, well, like to be fair, I also just recently watched a documentary about the Amityville house, but I also already knew this, but yeah, like (laughs) like they put, like they put it was like 108 Ocean Drive. And it's it's one twelve. Oh my god, it's one twelve Ocean you know or Ocean Avenue. One twelve yeah. Ocean Avenue in Amityville. Um, but yeah, I'm like, you know what? That'll Don't sound off the it. nerd alert, and we, <laughs> we got to dial it back. Um, but yeah, so, so so this was yeah. People under the stairs. I think that at this, I'm assuming y'all have seen People Under the Stairs. If you haven't, 
It's it's fun. It's bananas. It's, so it's weird. It is scary relevant in 1991. It is scary relevant in 2020. And it is scary how little has changed more than anything. Right. Yeah. Um, this is one of those awesome social commentary. Horrors. It really is. Um, I, we can say that in the end, the bad people get their comeuppance yep. because the town, the community from the inner city comes together and is like, fuck you. That's right. And if there's one thing this movie teaches me, it's that... We need more stories where the the minorities and the marginalized people are the heroes and the the wealthy white people who are oppressing them and have all this weird skeletons in their closet because you know they do, homie. Just saying, like that all like anytime that's the the moral of the story, I am so here for it. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not gonna dive into how I also think this this movie is a good representation of what has become the modern conservative fear of the you know of the minority and you know in, in oh, blo- yeah. you know like that's maybe always been and never has gone away but right. yeah so little has changed this movie still holds up i really hope the rumors and whispers that it's getting redone by peel and his crew is true i know they raved about it in horror noir and rightfully so ving reigns and the kid from the sandlot are amazing in this mighty ducks that's the other movie he was in, in. Well, done. well done well yeah <laughs> i just think of as the little teeny tiny guy in moonwalker um, yeah. oh, I love Moonwalker. I know. We should, Joe we should... Pesci's so scary. Why is he so scary? Why, why is that whole movie so why? scary? The why? The robot Michael Jackson is really just terrible. trying to inject kids with drugs. Right? It's such a, like it was such and an the, 80s infomercial. Yeah. And he them little sunglasses. We <laughs> yep. should do Moonwalker. Oh my god. Moonwalker Lord knows it's scared, is a is a horror movie. movie. Lord it knows is. it scared me. And I love the music. Oh well, my god. Obvi. Oh my god. God. I'm talking about horror. That's unnecessary. No, we'll do Moonwalker. Let's do I'm it. I'm here for it. I Do I have Moonwalker? I think I have Moonwalker. If you own Moonwalker, I'm going to I think this. I do. <laughs> probably. I have weird shit. I probably do. <laughs> and if I don't, I'm going to go home and check tonight, and yeah. I'm going to order on Amazon. <laughs> because I need Moonwalker. Who doesn't? I love that video game. Shit, Brian oh and God, I that played that for Sega Genesis. Jam. Brian and I played that. that. I love jam. that you, you start... Yeah, you start with the fucking... In the bar, in the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was my favorite. With Throwing your hat. hat. Like a boomerang. Oh, yeah. Um, so we decided to do one movie, take it a little easier this, this time mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Uh, it is summertime, after all, and the living's it easy. It is. We have more sunshine than ever, so we That's want right. to be We're able gonna... to get out and enjoy it. Like I said, the suburban horror keeps rolling. We are so excited to have fun this summer with you guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us, just search Jersey Ghouls. Find us on your favorite podcast app by searching that. Go to jerseyghouls.com. Go to Three Crones Productions. Find us on Facebook. Check out everything that we're doing. Every Month Madness is a wicked cool podcast that Joe Costal does. I've been loving that one. To, to think about it, things in pop culture pitted against itself in a bracket style. It is so much fun. Joe, I want to be on that show. Put me on your show, Joe. I think I know the he producer. Better. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in with your whole family, right? I need to be on that show. Okay. And then my podcast that I am doing with my friend AJ Woo-hoo! coming out very soon. Um, you may hear AJ on a summer episode. Ooh. If, if you know any history with our friend AJ and how we like to scare him and you have any finger to the pulse on a certain movie called The Conjuring 3, you know that an AJ episode is coming up soon. Oh, so man, which means I have to that. watch another Conjuring movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, you know what, guys? 
Go jump in the pool. But if you've eaten, you need to wait, wait 45 30 minutes. minutes. That's right. 45 minutes? 30? 30, 45? Let's be Don't safe. Don't drown. No, let's be Dangerous. safe and wait 45. If you've eaten, please wait 45. Don't forget your floaties and put on suntan lotion. And if you see a fin in the water... It's probably just your your friend playing a prank, but if you hear dun 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 dun, then you know you better run. Yeah, you gotta go. There, pool sharks are pool a big sharks problem are big. these days. Oh my god, this summer it's like an epidemic. It's one year for the other. Too soon for another epidemic. I know, too. really. That's please. a strong word. I just had an image of like a shark with a mask on, like a like a pandemic <laughs> corona mask. All right, this All right, is fucking bye-bye. bananas. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.